Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is January 7th, 2022, and our first story. The Democrats are planning a dirty trick to stop Donald Trump and members of Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene. They want to file legal challenges to disqualify them, meaning their names would not appear on their ballots for re-election. This is nasty, and it's going to tear this country apart if they actually try it. In our next story, we have a new study showing that women's menstrual cycles are actually affected by the COVID vaccine that the CDC says, don't worry, it's not that bad. Many conspiracy theorists think the vaccine could affect fertility, but I don't think we have evidence of that. But, you know, we'll keep investigating. And in our last story, I addressed the swatting incident. Yeah, we got swatted live during TimCast IRL. So you'll hear my breakdown of what happened and some new updates. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Tell your friends about the show because word of mouth is how podcasts grow. If you all just share the show in any way, it could really help us out. Now, let's get into that first story. The midterm elections are less than one year away, and all metrics point to a Democrat defeat. You've got redistricting. People think that just because the Republicans were able to shape the districts, that's going to give them a huge advantage, and they're probably right. You also have the polls showing that independent voters favor the Republican candidates by two to one. The Democrats may have been able to stave off some of the Trump MAGA revolution, but they haven't been able to stop the greater movement. And you end up with candidates like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, who are despised by the establishment, but they're very, very popular. I think 2022 is going to be a year of dirty, dirty games. And it would seem that the new strategy for Democrats is to disqualify the people they know they cannot beat. Now, we see this in Donald Trump. The New York Post says Democrats explore barring Trump from holding office over the January 6th riot. But a prominent Democrat lawyer is suggesting they will do the same thing to members of Congress. They know they can't win. They know they can't defeat these particular populist Republicans, so they will disqualify them. I think we're headed towards very dark times. The dirty tricks and games are getting worse than I've ever seen in my life. Now, of course, you have political trickery. You have dirty and dishonest campaign ads. But now we're getting into a whole new level. This is where, and they've probably done it in the past, don't get me wrong, but in my lifetime, they're trying to use legal manipulation to win. And that's scary, especially at a time when people are throwing around the words national divorce or civil war. 
A couple days ago, we had Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Timcast IRL podcast. She was amazing. She was very lovely. I don't agree with everything she has to offer, and I think there's certainly room for criticism. But she told us how she went down to Congress and was forcing roll call votes. She was making it so that all of these members of Congress had to actually come down and cast a vote. Believe it or not, they weren't doing that. They despise her. They hate her. Yesterday, one day after hosting her on the show, we were swatted. This means someone called in the police issued very serious threats and several, uh, you know, eight plus vehicles, uh, eight plus officers I saw, state troopers, county, city. They all show up. Fortunately, this is a place of business and our chief technical officer was able to uh, inadvertently intercept the officers and de-escalate before things got bad. I don't know exactly why we got swatted, but considering it came just after we hosted Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think perhaps it was maybe retaliation. Maybe they're trying to cause harm to the show. Maybe they don't like the fact that we are giving a platform to someone like MTG and that she very well may win again. Her real, She may win re-election and thus she'll be in Congress. There's several strategies they have to try and stop these candidates. I don't know for sure if that's why we got swatted, but I can say having her on the show certainly helps her fundraising. Having, you know, her going on other shows certainly helps her fundraising. And jamming up shows and making it harder for us to work can negatively impact the people that we bring on the show. Well, again, maybe that was just a coincidence. Maybe it was totally unrelated. Or it could be that there are dirty games afoot because we know in a new story from The Hill that these Democrat lawyers, uh, particularly this one guy, is saying They think there will be disqualification of these individuals. And Marjorie Taylor Greene told us this on the show, saying that there will be a move to disqualify her and other people so that she cannot run for reelection. They may not be able to defeat her or the Republicans, but they can make sure at least a different establishment politician gets in. Now, they're going to do the same thing to Trump, but surprisingly, uh, or not surprisingly, but You probably know this because they tried this early last year as well. This is scary to me. When the Democrats realize they cannot win, they start using nefarious tactics, which, in my opinion, will destroy confidence in the system more than it's already been destroyed. And yes, maybe we'll end up throwing around the word civil war. We don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. I would love nothing more than to go watch Spider-Man movies and hang out with my friends. But these are very serious issues, and it's happening right in front of us. Let's read the news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support my work and the work of our journalists. We have a large team writing news every single day, and they are supported by you guys. When you watch the articles, when you sign up and become a member, it is almost entirely through your membership we're able to have these journalists on staff. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, behind the scenes, uncensored. But don't forget to like this video right now, subscribe to this channel, share this video with all of your friends, wherever you can, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media platform you use. That is how we grow the show. We don't have a big marketing budget. We just rely on word of mouth. If you think we do a good job, please share our work. Now, let's read this first story. And we'll keep the focus on Donald Trump because, you know, he's the he's the he's the big guy, right? Well, actually, I think Joe Biden was the big guy in all those leaked emails. But Donald Trump is the leader of the MAGA movement right now, whether you whether you like him or not. The New York Post says Democrats explore barring Trump from holding office over January 6th riot. A handful of congressional Democrats 
are investigating whether former President Donald Trump can be prevented from holding elected office again through the application of of an obscure portion of the 14th Amendment. Section three of the amendment enacted in 1868 and best known for enshrining the Equal Protection Clause prevents any government official who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. from holding office again. Now, this should be obvious to everybody. If you've been paying attention since last year, this is why the Democrats keep calling it an insurrection. They want the narrative to be insurrection, which is insane. Not a single person has been charged with sedition or insurrection or treason or anything of the sort, let alone Donald Trump. According to The Hill, approximately a dozen Democratic lawmakers have publicly or privately spoken about applying Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to Trump who they accuse of inciting the January 6th riot that disrupted the congressional certification of the 2020 election results. If anything, the idea has waxed and waned, liberal Harvard Law School professor emeritus Lawrence Tribe told the outlet. I hear it being raised with considerable frequency these days, both by media commentators and by members of Congress and their staff, some of whom have sought my advice on how to implement Section 3. Tribe has met with the staff's of Reps Jamie Raskin, a member of the House Select Committee investigating the riot, Jerry Nadler, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz. The offices of all three members did not immediately respond to the Post's request for comment. I continue to explore all legal paths to ensure that the people who tried to subvert our democracy are not in charge of it, Wasserman Schultz said to The Hill. It's unclear what mechanism would be used to apply Section 3 to Trump. Some experts say the House and Senate could vote by a single majority to find the 45th president engaged in insurrection against the government. Others, including Tribe, say the determination would need to be made by a federal court or a neutral fact-finding body. Some left-wing groups are also exploring the possibility of applying the amendment without going through Congress. One such group, Free Speech for the People, has urged state election officials to apply the amendment if Trump decides to run for president again, which would prevent his name from showing up on ballots. Isn't that insane? Seven, how many people voted for Donald Trump? 75 million or so? 72? Whatever the number is. Trump is overwhelmingly popular in this country. To use a dirty trick to remove him is to provoke or is... I don't, I don't want to get too inflammatory on this one. It is to drive a stake through the heart of this country, and it will enrage people beyond all recognition. Quote, just as states are permitted, if not required, to exclude from the presidential ballot a candidate who is not a natural born citizen, who is underage, or who has previously been elected twice as president, so too states should exclude from the ballot a candidate such as Mr. Trump, who previously swore to support the Constitution, but then engaged in insurrection. The group wrote in a letter, sent to the chief election officials in all 50 states last summer. They go on to say that Trump was impeached, as we get. While Trump has not formally announced his intent to run for president, he has continuously hinted and is expected to make an announcement following the November midterm elections. I bring you now to a tweet from Mark E. Elias. He is very well known. He's a Democrat lawyer, founder of Democracy Docket. And he tweets, my prediction for 2022, before the midterm election, We will have a serious discussion about whether individual Republican House members are disqualified by Section 3 of the 14th Amendment from serving in Congress. We may even see litigation. And he tweets this image. Section 3, no person shall be a senator or rep in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the U.S. 
under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the U.S. or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the U.S., shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two thirds of each house, remove such disability. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. That's the game they're playing. They know that Marjorie Taylor Greene is insanely popular. She's raising money in record numbers. And they're probably thinking there's no way we beat a Republican in a heavy Republican district with someone as popular as Marjorie Taylor Greene. So what do they do? Disqualify her. And same is true for Donald Trump. They don't have the, 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 the power to stop Donald Trump. Now, I think the pandemic was so bad and people were so upset their sports were taken away and the media pushed that narrative. But this was a one-off. It was their glass cannon, an extremely powerful offense. Donald Trump is the bad guy. Vote for Joe Biden. People did. They did. Now, I certainly think you can take a look at the Time Magazine article on the shadow campaign to fortify the election and take a look at the things they were doing. But I think they were able to muster up regular people to blindly vote against Trump. That's what they did. They voted against him. He was anti-elected. What ends up happening is you get Joe Biden a feckless, pathetic leader who is driving this country into the ground. You get a weak and feckless uh, Congress with no ability to actually get anything done. And the American people have had enough. They're not going to support this any longer. Times they are a changing, but the establishment will not release their grip. Now they're failing and they're struggling. So instead of going gracefully and saying our time has come, they're saying we will use everything we have, everything in our arsenal of dirty tricks and lawfare to make sure we win. And that's a scary prospect. In this article from The Hill, Jonathan Turley writes, Democrats loose talk of disqualification still dangerous. This year, the Biden administration joined many in the U.S. in criticizing the mass disqualification of 583 candidates in Iran by the Guardian Council. The Iranian elections are democratic only in the most artificial sense. Electoral disqualification systems are generally anathema to democratic values. But some in the United States are now toying with the idea for the 2022 or 24 elections, while more modest than the Iranian model. The democratic calls for disqualification are just as dangerous. What is most maddening is that this anti-democratic effort is cloaked in democratic doublespeak. This week, Democratic lawmaker Mark Elias, I'm sorry, Democratic lawyer Mark Elias predicted that 2022 would bring a renewed interest in, disqu in, in, qualifying, in disqualifying Republican members from office based on an obscure civil war era provision. 
Elias, the former Hillary Clinton campaign general counsel, is a well-known figure in Washington. Elias has founded a self-described pro-democracy group that challenges Republican voting laws and pledges that will, quote, shape our elections and democratic institutions for years to come. In the age of rage, nothing says democracy like preventing people from running for office. Elias and others are suggesting that rather than defeat Republicans at the polls, Democrats in Congress could disqualify the Republicans for supporting or encouraging the quote unquote insurrection last year. Democratic members called for the disqualification of dozens of Republicans. One rep, uh, one rep Bill Pascrell, demanded the disqualification of the 120 House Republicans, including House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, for simply signing a friend of the court brief in support of an election challenge from Texas. That was a legal challenge to the Supreme Court. Original jurisdiction. Texas said, hey, Supreme Court, we don't like what's going on in these states. That's the right way to go about doing it. And for a variety of reasons, these lawsuits were not, uh, uh, were not uh, seen through. They were dismissed typically on standing. But the right way to go about this is through the courts. The Democrats rejected this. And many said we should disqualify anyone who actually tried to use the checks and balances that we have in this country. And that to me is insane. Charlie goes on. These members and activists have latched upon the long dormant provision in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which was written after the 39th Congress convened in December 1865. And many members were shocked to see Alexander Stevens, the Confederate vice president, waiting to take a seat with an array of the former Confederate senators and military officers. Justin Reed of the North Carolina Supreme Court later explained the idea that one who had taken an oath to support the Constitution and violated it ought to be excluded from taking it again. So members drafted a provision that declared that no person shall be. I read this already, but it makes sense. If you take an oath to uphold the Constitution and break that oath, I ain't going to trust you to uphold that oath ever again. So no, sorry, I think that makes sense. But this doesn't make sense for Marjorie Taylor Greene or Republicans who want to use checks and balances. It certainly doesn't make sense for Trump. They're lying. They're lying because they can't win. By declaring the January 6th riot an insurrection, some Democratic members of Congress and liberal activists hope to bar incumbent Republicans from running. Even support for court filings is now being declared an act of rebellion. Nancy Pelosi helped fuel this movement before January 6th even occurred by declaring that the Republicans supporting election challenges were subverting the Constitution by their reckless and fruitless assault on our democracy, which threatens to seriously erode public trust in our most sacred democratic institutions and set back our progress on the urgent challenges ahead. January 6th was a national tragedy. I publicly condemned Trump's speech that day while it was being given, and I, did, and I, and I denounced the riot as a constitutional desecration. However, it has not been treated legally as an insurrection. Those charges for their those charged for their role that day are largely facing trespass and other less serious charges rather than insurrection or sedition. That's because this was a riot that was allowed to get out of control by grossly negligent preparations by Capitol Police and congressional officials. While the FBI launched a massive national investigation, it did not find evidence of an insurrection. He goes on with an ominous midterm election approaching. Much of the effort among Democrats on the Hill and in the media has been to keep the enmity alive from the January 6th, from January 6th, in what seemed almost a hopeful plea. The New York Times recently declared every day is now January 6th. It made this tragedy sound like the p political equivalent of a year-round Christmas store. 
Every day should involve a renewed gift of reminiscence and rage. The saddest aspect of this politicization of the January 6th riot is that many of us wanted a full, transparent, and apolitical investigation. House Republicans rejected that idea, but there remain many questions to be answered, which has not happened. Instead, we have an effort to encode the notion of an actual insurrection through mantra-like repetition. Sure, let me show you. We have this from TimCast.com. Watch, Pelosi says January 6th was like somebody in the White House dropped a bomb on the Congress. It was bad. I don't like what happened. It was shocking. But it was not insurrection. It was a bunch of angry people who rioted. That was it. They respected the velvet ropes. Most of these people were let in through open doors when police opened them up. There's video of police waving people in as the barricades get pushed aside. Should these individuals have done it? Of course not. It was wrong. Trespassing? Sure. Attacking officers? Very bad. Yes, charge them. Insurrection? No. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That's absurd. And they're using that word because they want to disqualify Republicans that they cannot defeat, or at least they think they can't defeat. Let me show you this. Congress holds moment of silence in honor of January 6th anniversary. Um, why? I mean, look at this, this clip from the post-millennial. Democrats hold a vigil for January 6th outside the U.S. Capitol. This is, this is insane. These people are legitimately insane. Why? The only people who died on January 6th were Trump supporters. Only one person had their life taken from them, Ashley Babbitt, and the other people died in accidents, falling a great height or getting stepped on. They tried claiming over and over again that officer, an officer lost his life, but it was unrelated. At least that's, the, that, that's what came, they came out with. It's crazy to me that if the media wants to lie so much, just lie more. But I guess there's a line. Certain information will get out and they can't do anything about it. So they try and frame everything. They try and change the narrative. Now it's worse than you realize. It goes beyond politics. But I want to take you back in time. Take a look at this from Vox. V-O-X, February 9th, 2021. How Congress can permanently disqualify Trump from office after impeachment. The impeachment process to prevent Trump from running in 2024 explained this has always been their goal. And they want to do the same thing to Marjorie Taylor Greene. And she told us this. That's their plan. If you can't beat them, use a legal tactic to manipulate the system and stop the American people from getting true representation. What do you want? Let me ask you, what do you want? Do you want corporatist elitist shills who will manipulate the elections, prevent your vote from actually mattering by disqualifying your candidate so you can't vote for who you really want? Or would you rather have an idiot? I mean, I know there's typically better options than that. You know, if if we're talking about, say, AOC and MTG, I don't like AOC. I think her policies are, are, are awful. I think she's a liar and a hypocrite. But I think in many ways, she's much better than Nancy Pelosi. Granted, not not by enough, I suppose. But in many in, in many regards, there's probably several populist Democrats who are a better example because AOC is a bit of a manipulator. So I think she's poised to just become another establishment shill. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a populist. She talks like a real person. She cares about real issues. And, you know, she's made mistakes she's apologized for. I don't think she's perfect. I think she's worthy of criticism. And I've criticized her and many have criticized her in the past. But I would prefer her going to Congress and challenging the system over a neocon who won't even show up to vote. 
I would prefer a progressive Democrat primarying one of these establishment shills like Pelosi, who will actually show up and make these people vote. Now, hope, hopefully we'll see something like that in the progressive Democrats, but I'm not confident. I'm not at all. Though, full disclosure, I did donate to a progressive Democrat who was running against Nancy Pelosi to unseat her, to primary her, and it was unsuccessful. I'd like to see that happen again. We'll see how things play out, but Pelosi is, she's been in too long. People in these districts, they just blindly vote Democrat, and therein lies the problem. As for the Republicans, we're actually starting to see this populist wave succeed. It didn't work so much for the Democrats. They held Bernie Sanders back. The establishment retained control of the Democratic Party, but not the Republican Party. This is where I think we're headed. In this story from Politico, we are in a new civil war. About what exactly? Grievous conflicts have been about big things, war, slavery, depression, but this time we just don't like each other. I bring this up again. I brought it up several times because mainstream news outlets are saying we're in a civil war. What would you call it when one political party is citing civil war provisions in the Constitution to bar their opponents from holding office? What would you call that? I don't know. Sedition, maybe? Maybe we can use that to argue they shouldn't be allowed to hold office either. When you have two overarching political factions and disparate factions beneath them, and one side saying, we are not going to try and win an election, we're trying to use legal tactics to prevent you from running in the first place. This is not a constitutional republic we have. We are not electing our representatives when these people play dirty games to prevent us from being able to do so. And that's what they're doing. This right here, if this moves forward, is the death of the union. I, I, look, I know a lot of people have been saying it's hyperbolic to claim there's a civil war, but let me just stress, if there is someone who runs for office and they get elected, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and then for complete BS reasons, the Republicans and the Democrats strip her of her committee assignments, you've got a problem. They are saying to the American people, you're out. And then when they say outright, you know, we're not, we're not even going uh, to let you run for office. Then it's no longer a constitutional republic. We're no longer choosing our representatives. They're being chosen for us. Granted, in a largely circuitous method, they're mostly keeping out the people we do want to run and win and, and only allowing the people they allow to run and win. And therein lies the very serious problem we're facing. If the American people do not feel they have representation— the American people will not be happy, and it will lead to very bad things. From Daily Mail, Capitol Riot Committee Chair Benny Thompson says lawmakers have evidence that sitting members of Congress gave tours to Capitol rioters the day before they stormed the building. Public tours of the Capitol had been suspended since May of 2022. In the weeks immediately after the riot, multiple Democratic lawmakers accused their Republican colleagues of giving tours to Capitol rioters. They, I believe they accused Lauren Boebert as well. Part of the panel's work is now to see whether or not we can connect the dots between those tours and the people who broke into the Capitol. They're going to try and make this argument that Republicans let them in, showed them around so they knew where to go. It doesn't make sense. It's a complete bunk narrative because you have that other officer who, was, who used himself as bait, they claim, and led the rioters away from where uh, members of Congress were. If these individuals who had broken into the Capitol through the, through the tunnel entrance, fighting with cops, had been given tours. Wouldn't they know where to go? Apparently not. 
because what the Democrats are doing is they're connecting dots that should not be connected because they're conspiracy crackpots, but they know it probably makes no, makes no sense. They just need a pretext so they can say, do not allow these people to run for office, and they may succeed. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. It goes beyond politics. The New York Times, this is a story from, uh, well, this is a story from yesterday. Corporations donated millions to lawmakers who voted to overturn the election results. One year after the Capitol riot, many businesses resumed corporate donations to lawmakers who voted against certifying the 2020 election. They're going to say, at its annual summit on the state of American business late January, officials from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce expressed disgust at the siege of the Capitol that had unfolded days earlier. There are some members who, by their actions, will have forfeited the support of the U.S. Chamber of Congress. Less than two months later, the nation's biggest lobbying group reversed course. We do not believe it is appropriate to judge members of Congress solely based on their votes on the electoral certification. In the year since the riot at the Capitol, many corporate giants and trade groups have moved from making stern statements about the sanctity of democracy to reopening the financial spigot for lawmakers who undermined the election. Millions of dollars in donations continue to flow to what watchdog groups deride as the Sedition Caucus, highlighting how quickly political realities shift in Washington. This should be an opinion piece. I mean, seriously. The Sedition Caucus? This is, this is very obvious left-wing framing. And if they want to actually report the news, they wouldn't include those things that poison the well. But that's what they do. What they're doing is they're going after, with this story, anybody who provided a, do a donation to these Republicans. And of course, many of these individuals need it. Corporations will make donations. Well, not, it's not necessarily the corporations. It's, it's high-level uh, individuals within these companies will advocate to their employees who will then donate to political action committees and to the individuals directly. There's a limit on how much you can give a politician, but you can give to a pack as much as you want, a super pack. They're going to go after these corporations. These, they're, what they're trying to do is homogenize the narrative in the U.S. It won't work. It can't work. There's two different worldviews. There's those of you who watch shows like mine, and there are people who watch CNN and get nothing but bunk fake news. Full disclosure, I'm using Vox. I'm using Politico. I'm using the New York Times as my sources. But I'm digging through them and giving a critical analysis on what's happening. I think the intent is they want to sideline shows like mine. They want to sideline people like you. And they're trying. But it's not working. I mean, in some, in some respects, it's working, right? 
if they disqualify Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're slowly just trying to excise anyone who is outside the American mainstream. They're willing to protect and preserve anyone who seems likely enough to fall in line. Look at Ted Cruz called January 6th a terrorist attack. Yeah, he's trying to get in the good graces of the establishment. You see where he's betting. He's betting the right populists will lose. Maybe he's not wrong. Maybe they will disqualify the right. Maybe then the DOJ will go after the remnants of the MAGA movement, accusing them of being terrorists and making up other garbage, and they will destroy this country. All our beautiful Bill of Rights in the Constitution will be sidelined because it's already happening. It's been happening for a long time. This is where we are. They'll go after the businesses who provided any donations. Now, in response to what's going on with January 6th, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene said, we are ashamed of nothing. In a statement, quote, Matt Gates says, Congresswoman Green and I are not here to celebrate January 6th. We are not here to obsess about it, but we are here to expose the truth. January 6th last year wasn't an insurrection, but it may very well have been a Fed-surrection. Yeah, I think there's interesting questions that need to be asked about January 6th, who was involved, and I'm not entirely convinced it was the FBI or something like that. Donald Trump was in charge. Uh, well, his, his administration was in control to a certain degree of federal law enforcement. But in order to believe that there were federal agents involved in stoking the flames, you'd have to believe that there is a rogue group of individuals in the FBI subverting this country. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Let's take a position from the left. It's not true. These are just, you know, the good men and women of, of, uh, of the FBI trying to stop a terror attack. Okay, well, that means that Trump supporters staged terror attack. It means that regular people were willing to storm the Capitol and, and wage insurrection against this country, and they're not going away. Well, let's say the inverse is true. Let's say Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene are correct, and this was the feds. Well, that would mean that there are rogue operatives in the U.S. government seeking to destroy this country. Pick your side. And then if you refuse to, I would just have one question for you. Where do you think the de-escalation occurs? Do you think that the people who are accusing certain rioters of being feds will shake hands with those who are accusing the other side of being insurrectionists? You think they'll hug and say, we're just Americans? I'm sorry, that's naive. We have violence in the streets. We have people getting away with these crimes. We have the right continually being blamed. We have the mainstream media pushing a narrative that is rejected by a large portion of this country. We have in the polls more Americans supporting Donald Trump than Joe Biden, even though the official mainstream media narrative is insurrection. The American people are not buying it. So where does that bring us, man? I don't know. I think it brings us to absolute chaos. I think it leads us down a path that if the Democrats pursue disqualification of Trump or members of Congress, people will snap. They like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think she's a good person. I think she's uh, got her positions. I think she's um, I think she believes what she says. I think she is a politician. And so, of course, you get that politicking. Some certain answers are going to be political answers where they you know, want to dodge or whatever. But I don't I don't blame politicians for being political. But she's in a whole different class. She's a lot better than almost every single politician. There's very few that I actually like, and I had not heard much about her. I had not spoken to her before. We had her on the show, and I like her challenging the system, the corruption in the system. I don't necessarily agree with everything she says. I don't think she's perfect, but I like the idea that she's going to go in there and and tell Congress what for. And the same is true for, for, for people like Matt Gates and Thomas Massey and other individuals. I like Rand Paul, but there's so few of these individuals. So when you get some of these people finally in Congress challenging the system, it feels good. 
even if that's all you get. So if they're to disqualify them or remove them, I think this country will tear itself apart. There is still an opportunity in, you know, coming together, but I just, I don't know how we, how we effectively do it, especially when the, the narratives are being split further and further apart with, with social media censorship. The people who could, who could once interact on, say, Twitter are losing the ability to do so because leftists don't want people challenging their ideological narratives. So then they complain and then Twitter bans the right for saying things like learn to code. Then the right builds alternative platforms and then Silicon Valley crushes them. Apparently, the reporting now is like, what, a million people, a million new users together following all this controversy with Dr. Malone and Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is going to create parallel worldviews. I mean, they already exist, but it's going to get worse. Parallel economies. And that's the path we're heading down. Maybe it'll culminate just before 2028. I don't know. I don't know. But I think bad things will happen if the Democrats move for disqualification. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. According to a new study reported on by NPR, COVID vaccines may briefly change your menstrual cycle, but you should still get one. Now, I'm not a big fan of NPR's medical advice in that headline. You can just tell us the news. And I think they included the you should still get one because, well, they're trying to toe the line of a narrative. My only advice to you is read the report, figure out what makes sense for you, and talk to a trusted medical professional. Make sure they can answer your questions and take your advice from people who are licensed to give it. Now, that being said, before we read this, I want to mention a couple things. Early on in the vaccine rollout, there were a lot of women saying that they were having issues with their periods. This was a conspiracy theory. I even talked to people I knew and they're like, oh, no, shut up. And I'm like, all of these women are posting on Facebook saying they're having issues. I mean, I don't know what that means. I'm not saying anything crazy, conspiratorial or malicious is happening. I'm just saying when you get all of these women posting on social media saying they're experiencing something, a pattern you may have, you might want to investigate it. Well, apparently someone did and they found that there are some issues, but apparently it's not that big of a deal. And I'll read through this, but I think you should know it and decide for yourself. For me personally, I just fall back on. Yeah, sure. I guess I don't have a period, so I don't know what to tell you for you and your family. Maybe you guys should consider this information. Go talk to a medical professional, maybe get a second opinion. But that being said, there is a show, my friends, on uh, it's on Amazon and it's called Utopia. Utopia, for those that haven't seen it, is about a tech mogul, a tech billionaire concerned about overpopulation and the end of humanity who stages a fake pandemic, a major cover up. And, uh, and he does this so that he can rush through a vaccine. It's not really a vaccine. It's actually going to be sterilizing people. That's the premise of Utopia. Now, of course, there are many people who jokingly bring that up and then try and make it seem like that's happening in the real world. But let me just throw something else at you. First, I'll say it again. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I just don't believe these kinds of stories. It's a TV show, man. Some people might say, yeah, but what, what, isn't it crazy, this coincidence? No, it's not crazy at all. Life imitates art, imitates life. We, we have Kingsman, right? You have the tech billionaire in Kingsman who's concerned about the uh, planet being overpopulated. So he creates a device and mass produces it and it makes people go crazy and kill each other. So Utopia basically just ripped off the plot of a bunch of other shows that have been around for a long time. In fact, Utopia on Amazon, it's a, a, a remake 
of the same show that was made like 10 years ago. So I know a lot of people want to believe in crazy conspiracies, but the reason you end up with these TV shows is because people will put out a conspiracy on the internet. Someone will see that and say, hey, that would actually be an interesting plot of a TV show. They make it. And then you get conspiracy theorists being like, look at this TV show making this thing. Okay, okay. Now, I want to point out, though, right? Part of this conspiracy, um, we also have two other stories that the birth rate is in decline and it has been since the start of the pandemic. And now it's at its lowest point since the nation's founding. People are taking these stories and drawing larger conclusions. I want to actually kind of debunk this. I'm not going to, again, I can't tell you what's true or false in the bigger picture, but I think I can provide you with, with enough reasonable information to conclude, yeah, you're going to have issues with your menstrual cycle if you get the vaccine. At least NPR says this according to one study. It is just one study. And the declining birth rate probably is unrelated to the vaccines. And I think that's important too, because we don't, we don't need people... Uh, we don't need crazy conspiracies out there. It's bad enough the mainstream media does this. Now, ultimately, you can draw your own conclusions. But, but let, me, let me show you what we've got here. This story from NPR. COVID vaccines may briefly change your menstrual cycle, but you should still get one, they say. A new scientific study shows that vaccination can cause changes to the timing of menstruation, but it also shows the effects are temporary, more akin to a sore arm than a serious adverse event. Quote, I think it's reassuring and also validating, says Dr. Allison Edelman, a professor of uh, obstetrics and gynecology at Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon, who led the study. The work appeared Thursday in the journal Obstetrics and Gynecology. Edelman and other experts stressed that individuals should get vaccinated because the risks from COVID-19 remain high. I don't care what this one scientist has to say. I think you should be discussing all the variants and all the variables and issues like this. There are a lot of people who don't want to get vaccinated because they're concerned about, you know, they want to have babies or they are pregnant. The CDC says, even if you're pregnant, you should get it. I'll show you that. But again, I think you should figure it out for yourselves. Let's read more. Clinical trials for the COVID vaccines looked for side effects like headaches or fever. But when it came to reproductive health, the main focus was on pregnancy, not menstruation. Quote, the menstrual cycle is like the stepsister that gets ignored. It's considered unimportant in the grand scheme of things, but it actually really is important to people day to day. And many people did notice changes to their menstrual cycles. A survey conducted by anthropologists found numerous reports of unusually heavy flows and even breakthrough bleeding among some people who hadn't menstruated in years. This is exactly what was being reported on social media. And the mainstream establishment corporate press was saying it's not true. It's a lie. It's a conspiracy theory. And therein lies my problem with this. Not a scientist, not a doctor. Can't tell you what it means, but I can tell you I am sick of being lied to. And if you want to talk about vaccine hesitancy, I'll tell you what really drives it. When people are saying I am experiencing something and you get dozens, hundreds of posts all saying this. And the media goes, no, no, nothing. nothing. Nothing to see here. Move on, folks. No story. How hard was it for them to do a study, do a test and be like, oh, all we really noticed was that there was timing differences. That's it. And there you go. Publish that story. Acknowledge that people are experiencing something. Try and figure out what it is. Now, whether or not you want to trust the studies, look, I don't know, man. It's one study, okay? You got to figure out what your own life is on about. They go on to say, Many people, uh, you know, uh, notice these changes. Anti-vaccine activists capitalized on other anecdotal reports from social media, using them to make unfounded claims the vaccines were being used to spread infertility, infertility and ultimately depopulate the earth. Okay, that is a bold claim. 
And I'll tell you what the challenges are. You have this video of Bill Gates. And Bill Gates, of course, is concerned about, about overpopulation. And in one of his speeches, he says that we can reduce population growth by like 10 or 15% by doing these things. And one of the things he names is vaccines. I can't tell you what he meant by that. I don't know. I can try and give him the benefit of the doubt, which I don't want to do because I don't like the guy and I think he's a bad person. But um, the, the general idea, I suppose, the official narrative would be as we expand technological advancements, you end up reducing the birth rate across the board in many different countries. And so they want to bring technology and medicine to places like sub-Saharan Africa and certain parts of Asia so that the birth rate starts going down because it's a correlation that we see. Or, I don't know, that's the official narrative. They go on to say, clinical trials and other studies have already established the vaccines are safe and effective for pregnant women. But the rumors that surrounded menstruation made the National Institutes of Health decide to take a closer look. You see, that's the, that's the right thing to do. There was a need to be able to counsel women on what to expect, says Dr. Diana Bianchi, director of the Eunice Kennedy Shriver National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, which funded the work. Edelman's team took data from a popular app known as Natural Cycles, which people can use to track their menstrual cycles. Looking at data from 3,959 individuals, they were able to see a small shift in the time between bleeding. We see less than one day, uh, a less than one day change in their menstrual cycle length and, uh, with vaccination. In other words, people who were vaccinated experienced on average a slightly longer menstrual cycle around the time of their first and second doses. It's really nothing to get alarmed about, Bianchi says. Nevertheless, she adds it does prove that the vaccines are affecting menstruation independently of other possible factors such as pandemic stress. I think the beauty of the study is that it does affirm what individuals were reporting, she says. And you know, this is the thing. If this really is it, how hard was it to kind of just shut down that whole narrative by doing the work? That's what really, really annoys me. The media doesn't need to come out and lie. They can just come out and, or they don't need to dismiss people's concerns. They can come out and be like, hey, we, we've got a, a university that's going to be looking into this and we'll give you information as it comes. But I would just tell people, keep an eye on the stories. If you see people reporting it, you know, talk about it. Don't overreact. Don't freak out. But ask these questions of your trusted medical professionals. And I'll, I'll stress it again. If you have a doctor who can't answer your questions, yo, you got a bad doctor. Find a better one. They go on to say, researchers still aren't exactly sure why the changes occur. Edelman says the immune system and the reproductive system are linked, and some signaling immune cells also can affect the body's natural clock. Given that relationship, it's entirely possible that triggering the immune system through vaccination might change a person's cycles. But whatever is happening seems to be short-lived. We haven't seen anything that's concerning regarding fertility or pregnancy in terms of vaccination. Moreover, she says COVID-19 itself can have a profound effect on health. The risk of COVID-19 disease in pregnant women is incredibly serious, says Edelman, who has watched pregnant women end up in intensive care because they're not vaccinated. Bianchi says that the NIH should have more data on how vaccines alter menstruation in the near future. Last summer, the agency funded five studies, including Edelman's work, and the results of other researchers should provide more data. Bianchi hopes that the additional research can look at a more diverse population than those that use the app and also start to nail down other reported side effects, including heavy periods and breakthrough bleeding. Ultimately, Edelman thinks changes to menstruation probably should be added as a possible minor side effect to the vaccines, along with headaches and sore arms. I think because it rises to a level of importance to the public, she says, it's something that should be included. There needs to be more data on this. There needs to be more research. I don't think off of one study you, conclude, you can conclude uh, all that much.
I can say that this confirms a lot of the anecdotal information we had been seeing. But the stupid thing about it is, you know what this premise, the premise of this study is? We took anecdotal reporting and then said, yeah, it's true. That to me is nuts. If you have hundreds or thousands of women posting on social media all saying something, isn't that indicative of a pattern? You need them to go on an app and then check a box saying it happened? How does that change what they already did? Now, I suppose with the app, it's easier to get all that data and bring it together. So sure. The reason why this conspiracy theory is, is, is um, you know, growing is stories like this from TimCast.com. U.S. population growth hits lowest rate since nation's founding. Now, this is actually really crazy. Quote, the population estimates are derived from calculating the number of births, deaths and migration in the U.S. For the first time, international migration surpassed natural increases that come from births. There was a net increase of 245,000 residents from international migration, but only 148,000 new births outnumbering deaths. That is crazy. They say the U.S. population grew by just 392,000. So why aren't people having babies? Well, as I noted, the conspiracy theory would be that the vaccine is causing it. Uh, that's, I think that's actually discernibly false. Check it out. We have this story from TimCast.com. Pandemic-induced birth rate decline is slowing, according to new data. Birth rates declined worldwide and could have a lasting impact on two-thirds of European countries by the end of the century. This is from September 22nd, 2021, reported by TimCast.com. New data from the U.S. Census Bureau suggests the nation's birth rate is recovering after dropping during the COVID-19 pandemic. After a global outbreak of the virus and widespread lockdowns this week, births were down by 7.7% from the previous year. I don't think you can look at this data. Look at the fact that people are starting to actually have more babies and conclude the vaccine is in any way related. Now, I, I can't speak to the menstruation stuff. I don't have a, a period, nor am I a doctor who can explain to you what that, what, what that is all about. But when we look at data about the birth rate going down during the pandemic, and this is before, this is 2020, this is before the vaccine was out, and now it's increasing, if anything, the conspiracy would be that it's increasing fertility, wouldn't it? No, I mean, think about it. If we are seeing some kind of effect on women's menstruation and the birth rate is starting to go up, then would that be increasing women's fertility? What if that's the real conspiracy, right? What if the real conspiracy was that the U.S. government is concerned that we don't have enough people? That's why they're letting so many people come across the southern border. They're concerned about China's rampant growth. And so they're making people more fertile. So they have more babies. I don't believe that's true either. I, I think it's ridiculous to try and draw any insane, any, any uh, elaborate conclusions based off all of this data. It's hard to know what's true. It's hard to know what's actually going on. They're going to say the decline in, in the birth rate was across all ethnicities. So we ended up with a lockdown and we thought there was going to be a baby boom. And there wasn't. The assumption was that if people can't go out and do anything, the one thing they can do is get busy indoors with their significant other. And apparently that wasn't the case, or maybe it was, but people weren't having babies. What if the conspiracy, hear this one out. See, I, don't, I think it's funny. The conspiracy is always that the government and the elites are the bad guys. What if the conspiracy is that COVID is causing fertility problems and that's what caused the declining birth rate and the vaccine is going to help people have more babies? No, I know it's still an absurd premise, but my point is that often when people uh, entertain a conspiracy, they go in one direction. But let me put it this way. If the birth rate was declining 
when COVID was hitting in the United States, wouldn't that wouldn't the conspiracy actually then be that uh, a virus was leaked from a from a Chinese lab that is reducing the birth rate in the West? And then as soon as they start getting the vaccine ready in September, the birth rate starts climbing back up. Huh? No, I think it's, again, silly to draw these kinds of conclusions. I really, really do. That's why I'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories. When you're, uh, I, I put it this way, when you're looking at like a connect the dots, and let's say you've got a million dots and you're going from one to a million, that's a lot of work you got to draw. Within those dots, you could draw a sailboat and then be like, look, I found a sailboat by connecting these dots. And you're like, yeah, but those dots should not be connected. If you actually did the full picture, it's a large elephant. That's the problem I have with conspiracy theories. You're not being given the full data set. You are in an isolated space where you can see a few things. You can find some correlation, but ultimately these things should not correlate. Or if they do, there may be a bigger uh, issue at play. For instance, it could be that the reason people don't have kids is because millennials don't have kids. That They were raised differently. They have different values, technological advancement. Um, I think values plays the bigger role. It could just be the reason the birth rate is declining is because the Gen Xers are, are, are getting out of the parenting age. Now it's Gen Z and millennials who are having kids and we're seeing the birth rate decline. Could it just be gender politics? I think that's substantially more likely than one way or the other, be it the vaccines or COVID is causing it. It could be. It could be either one of these things. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Population growth has a lot to do with not just births, but also deaths. And, and I think this was a coming trend we all knew was going to happen. Millennials don't have kids. I don't have any kids. And I tweeted, you know, why aren't people having kids anymore? And uh, people tweeted at me like, I don't know. Why don't you have any? And my, my question is more about like, what is affecting other people? I can't speak to as, as to why I don't. I honestly don't know. It's just, it's not a part of uh, my cult, like the, the culture we have as millennials, I guess. Certainly a lot of millennials have kids. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it could just be that I'm a lunatic and I work nonstop 24-7 and my work is my passion and there's something wrong with me. Uh, that could be a, a simple answer. But what about everybody else? We hear that it's because millennials are broke, but I don't think that's true because I'm, I'm, from the, I'm, I'm not from a wealthy area, man. And lots of people from my neighborhood have kids, lots of kids. The truth be told, though, there's a lot of people I know who are now in their 30s, like, you know, my friend's kid sister and like, no relationships, no families, no kids, just dogs and cats and rabbits. And so maybe it's a cultural phenomenon that we've reached that point in the uh, rat utopia experiment where people just have stopped reproducing and started grooming themselves and they're not going to be having kids. Now, uh, there were a lot of concerns that there were uh, premature babies due to vaccines. Well, the New York Times has a study, COVID vaccinations are not linked to preterm births, researchers report. I get it. A lot of people don't trust the mainstream media and don't trust these, these reporting, these stories. This story is from January 4th. And I'll say, I find it interesting that these two stories came out the exact, like, the exact same time, basically, within a, within a few days of each other. That, you know, the COVID vaccine is not linked to, to premature babies. And also, it is affecting women's menstrual cycles. I, I don't know. It seems strange to me that we know it does have an effect on the woman's uterus somehow. And could that not have an effect on women who are pregnant having babies? Far be it for me to pretend to be a scientist to tell you what is true and what isn't. 
They say the study looked at 46,000 singleton pregnancies that resulted in live birth, blah, blah, blah. 6.6% of the babies were born prematurely before 37 weeks of pregnancy, yada, yada. You get the point. They're saying that they do not see uh, a, a connection. These women, what is it? Uh, 10,000 women received one or more doses of the COVID vaccine, and the vast majority were inoculated during their second or third trimester. They are not seeing... Um, they say women who received COVID vaccinations while pregnant were at no greater risk of delivering their babies prematurely or of giving birth to unusually small babies than pregnant women who did not get vaccinated, a new study report. So I'm not a scientist, all right? I can't, I can't speak to what any of this means. I can tell you that the CDC says you uh, uh, should get vaccinated even if you're pregnant. I don't know if um, what your doctor will tell you based on your risk assessment because yours is going to be different from everybody else's. So I think you should take it seriously in that if you are someone who is planning on having a kid, if you, uh, uh, if you are uh, planning on getting pregnant, you don't just go to the CDC website. You don't just go to the New York Times. You don't just go to TimCast.com or NPR or the New York Post. You go to more than one medical professional and ask them about risk assessment and risk factors. Ask them very serious questions and make sure they can actually tell you. Make sure they can actually tell you and answer your questions. That's the most important thing you can do. You may disagree with me. You may think that there is something going on here. I just, I can't draw any conclusions without hard facts. And so that being said, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We got this story from the Daily Mail. Seattle cops made up sightings in radio transmissions of armed Proud Boys to scare autonomous chop zone protesters listening in, but sparked even worse riots. That's the big story. That apparently there were several officers and during the Capitol Hill occupation, when the far left took over this area of the city, the police falsely called in armed Proud Boys gearing up for an attack or something to that effect. This resulted in many of the protesters who had guns getting armed. And then ultimately what ended up happening, these, uh, these individuals opened fire, unleashing around 300 rounds into an SUV, killing a teenager because they thought the Proud Boys were going to attack them. I want to talk about this news, but I kind of have no choice but to address what happened last night when we got swatted live on TimCast IRL. And um, they're, they're, I, I've put out a, like different messaging, you know, tweets, really trying to give you guys the full context of what we know so far. And because, you know, putting out a social media post one at a time, not everybody sees it. I put out a video on Instagram. I'll break down everything we've learned so far. And then I will, uh, you know, get into this, uh, maybe get into the story about the, the police in Seattle. Now, I, I, didn't, I, I don't like talking about drama and what goes on, you know, here. I, I like to make sure that the content I produce has something to do with your world, with uh, the bigger picture and how it affects you. You know, we talk about policing. We talk about Joe Biden. We talk about the, the Republican Party. Ted Cruz, things like that. And a lot of people want us to talk about drama and internal politics, internal workings. I don't think that's relevant to you guys. I don't think that that matters too much. But considering what happened last night and the questions surrounding it and the disparate messaging, I want to kind of bring it all together and address it here. And the reason why I do so with this story, I'll be honest, when I pulled this story up, I wanted to do a segment on the Seattle police and um, and this 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 hoax they they implemented, which I believe did result in people dying, or at least in one 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 teenager dying, and I'm like, you know what, man, this is very similar. This is like the, a cop version of swatting. They call in that Proud Boys are armed, and then what happens? The far left overreacts and opens fire, and that's the fear of staging these hoaxes. 
So let me tell you what happened. Last night around 8.51 p.m., we do the TimCast IRL show from, uh, we start at 8, we end at 10, and then we record uh, a members-only segment after the fact. At 8.51, the door to the studio, which is to my back right, opens up, and I see two cops. One cop walks in, walks past the camera. Luke was, was talking about unrest following pandemics, which we never got back into, which would have been important. And the cop walks around the studio with the flashlight and walks out. He didn't check the other rooms or the bathroom or anything. I don't think these cops wanted to be here. And uh, I was just like, as soon as it happened, I was like, the cops just walked in. Like, what happened? And Brandon Tatum was on the show. And he's a he's a commentator and a, a former police officer said, y'all just get swatted. And uh, we did. Swatting is when someone calls the police and says something extreme happened. So the cops are forced to show up with a ton of people. Here's what people don't know. A lot of, a lot of people who are watching the show uh, just thought it was a couple cops because when I walked out of the room, I see two cops with flashlights and I'm like, you know, there are two cops there. I don't know what's going on. And so, so a lot, that's why I'm saying like the disparate messaging has been kind of an issue and I want to wrap it all together. No, there was probably, I don't know, man, we have footage outside. There may have been a total of eight cops. Uh, I believe there were, there were three different jurisdictions involved in the swatting that came to the house. There were about eight vehicles and, uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you the gist of the story. And and we, we, we did put up the vlog over at youtube.com slash cast castle. So uh, that's what happens in the studio. The cops walk in, they walk out. And then I'm like, what just happened? You know, uh, Lydia, who's the producer on the show says, we just got swatted. I said, how do you know? How do you know? And she's like, I've got them people texting me. And I'm like, okay. And I got up and I went and talked to the cop. I didn't want to talk to the cops. I didn't want. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know what they were doing in my home. We 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 do not uh, uh, allow any any anyone enter the house without permission, and that includes police officers. And I'm really pissed off about this. And this is what I really want to address. It's it's a tough issue, but uh, uh, so then I go back in, sit down on the show. Uh, Brandon mentions, I don't think this is serious if there's only two cops, and I'm like, that's a really good point. If the cops really thought that you know something bad had happened, why would there just be two? You know. Uh, regular like officers in uniform just walking around flashlights. And so I went down, I saw, I think at this point, four cops, uh, maybe more, maybe five. I was like, they just started coming down because they were searching the whole house. And then I was just like, you know, with respect to what you guys are doing here, I would appreciate it if you guys leave. I don't uh, agree to a search or anything like that. So what had happened was someone called in at 820 and said that uh, a man named Nicholas Bell had killed two people and was going to harm was going to harm themselves. The police responded and got here within seven minutes. Wow. I thought it was much longer than that. At 827, the police were in our driveway. We're really lucky. And I want to drive this point home. Our chief technical officer, Andy, had walked out of our green room, which leads uh, straight to that driveway. And there was an SUV with lights on at the bottom of the driveway. Andy was just like, I don't know what this is all about. So he just turns left and starts walking away. He was going to our, uh, the garage where we have the skate park. He was going to skate while we do the show. And then he decided to like walk over and take a, he walked back and take a look at what was going on. And that's when we have on the security camera footage, the cops uh, are basically like, put your hands in the air, tell him to put his hands up. And he does. And then we have Brett who hosts the pop culture crisis show and is also a filmer. He walks out and he's holding this big gimbal. Now, th th this is this. The next thing that happens is you know they put their hands up and they begin speaking with. This is a state trooper in the in an SUV, 
talking over, uh, uh, it might have been an LRAD device, a long-range acoustic device, because they said it didn't sound like a megaphone or anything. It sounded clear. I'm like, may have been an, uh, an LRAD or so, uh, of some sort. It, it's, it, uh, if you've never experienced a long-range acoustic device, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It, it's, it's like a loudspeaker, but it sounds like they're standing in front of you and they're, they could be hundreds of feet away. This moment was crucial. I see a lot of people posting that it was just a couple of cops. It was no big deal. It actually was a big deal. We saw in the driveway, I think, eight vehicles. But we also now uh, found, find out later that you actually had a bunch, we actually had a bunch of cops and different agencies uh, or different jurisdictions driving down the road, doing perimeter sweeps around the area and going to other people's homes. If Andy was not outside inadvertently intercepting the state patrol vehicle, the cops would have come in guns ablazing. However, I think I think we're lucky in this capacity in that this is a place of business, not just some home. If this was just like my house and I was just some guy who like put a studio in his backyard or his garage thing or basement or attic or something like that, then the cops would have probably kicked the door in while we were doing the show and told everyone to get on the ground and cuffed us and all that. However, because Andy was outside and because Brett walked outside, this state trooper, he's like, he sees these two guys already. The call makes no sense. The call was that there was one guy here that he had harmed two people. He had, he had killed two people and that he was going to harm himself. And they see these two guys in the, in, in, in the parking lot. And we have a big parking lot. And we have a bunch of cars because this is an office. So then uh, Allison, uh, COO, and my girlfriend comes out. And, uh, you know, they start, they all start talking and there are like eight or so officers in the parking lot. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm learning about this after the fact, mind you, cause this was at 827. All right. So now it's like 831 or so, whatever the timestamp is. And they're all talking in the parking lot and we're doing the show. And we have no idea this is going on. So, uh, Allison tells them this is not true. None of this is happening. And you, you cannot enter the property without a warrant. And they said, we understand, but we have exigent circumstances. I don't accept that. Look, I, I, I mentioned this on the show, and I understand this. The cops end up walking in the house. They go along with, uh, with Andy, our CTO, and they start going through all the rooms, and they open up uh, uh, the, the studio door, and Andy was, was telling them, like, guys, you, you, they're live right now on camera. Like, you, you, like, he's showing them the live stream. Like, you can't go in. The cops are like, we have to do a, a wellness check, a perimeter check or whatever, uh, a property suite. And so they open the door and that's when they walk and that's when we see them. This is tough. It's a rock and a hard place. I respect that someone put in a phone call that people here were hurt. And these officers rushed down here not knowing what to expect and believing a real possibility they could die. And that's, that's the reality. And that's a scary thought. I can't imagine what it would be like if I was, you know, I got a phone call. Actually, no, you know what? I've experienced this. I have absolutely experienced this. There, uh, I'll keep the details, you know, private, but there, there we, me and some friends got a call from our friends, you know, one of our friends' girlfriends. We had, we had, an, uh, we had an apartment. They were at an apartment and a frantic, panicked call that someone was trying to break in and they were scared. And we're like, what do we do? What do we expect? And we had to rush there full speed, speeding. Being like, you know, they called the police. Hopefully we get there in time. And by the time we show up, the cops were there. But I couldn't necessarily imagine. I mean, it's different. You, you, I don't know. It's, it's probably different. You've got a loved one whose life is being threatened. You might be a bit more worried about their safety. And we rushed in. Fortunately, in that circumstance, everything was okay. But some, something weird did happen.
And so in this instance, you've got all of these cops being told as an armed man who's killed people and they have to go in and try and stop this person and they don't know what to expect. And so when the state trooper pulled into the driveway, they were waiting for backup backup. And as we are, we are lucky. This is a place of work. And so we've got so many different employees by happenstance. Andy's standing right there. And then they're like, they see this dude and they're probably thinking this is the guy. This could be the guy. So they're like, put your hands up. And he's like, he puts his hands up. And then they're like, you know, walk forward slowly. And they start driving up. Brett comes out. This is what's scary because he's holding a gimbal. He's holding a large camera. They can't see. It's dark out. And so we're lucky. This could have been really, really bad. Let let me me, me tell you. If they weren't outside and backup arrived and they did a perimeter around around the house and they came in with their guns drawn. During the show, we tell people, feel free to get up and use the bathroom. You know, we, we, we are even live, like no joke. And you guys probably don't even notice seamless because we're pros. I'm being somewhat facetious, but no, no, we, we do a good job. Uh, so literally, uh, uh, Lydia handles the cameras and we have a, a soundproofed, for the most part, uh, bathroom in the studio. And you've probably never noticed it. When someone gets up, Lydia just makes sure, that, makes sure the camera isn't on the person who's getting up to go use the restroom. And sometimes we'll mention, you know, we, we had one person on who was like, can I go to the bathroom now? And we're like, yeah, yeah, just go and do it. You don't got to say it. Now, Ian doesn't want to get up and walk around to the studio bathroom. So he leaves the studio to go to one of our other restrooms. Not to give too many private details, but in doing so, Ian runs full speed down the hall to make sure that he's being as fast as he can when people get up from the show because I got to go. Hey, you got to go. And it's a long show. It's two hours, right? So sometimes you got to, you got to, you got to go. Ian was saying like, he actually was about to get up and go use the bathroom. I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, want to play this game of like, what could have happened? But I want to mention this because I think we were lucky. And I think our security protocols, we've, we've got, we've, we've discussed these circumstances. So we know how to deal with it. But if we didn't have someone out there and the cops came in with their guns out thinking that this is a murder scene, a murder suicide potential, and then they go upstairs, the lights, it's dark, and they see Ian, this long haired, you know, guy running down the hallway. What do you think could have happened? And that kind of thing worries me. And not only because like, no joke, it's, 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 uh, it's a big property. And so you've got a long dark corridor. We don't have the lights on all the time. We've got just like dim lighting so you can see where you're going. And so I'm, I'm just thinking like, what if Ian comes out of the studio and runs full speed to go use the restroom, which he normally is a normal thing he does. People mention all the time, like, yeah, he bolts out. He tries to, you know, use the restroom as fast as possible because we're doing a show. What happens to the cops are doing that sweep and they have their guns out and they see this dude running down the hallway and they stop, stop. And Ian has no idea what's going on. Who are these people? He doesn't know they're there. Could have been shot. Could have been, wasn't. We didn't get to that point. And I'm I'm glad we didn't. And there's also the fear that if it was minutes later, when we had those eight officers starting to walk around the property and Brett comes out and he's got his camera out and they see this dude walking towards them, holding this large black object, a camera, but you can't tell what it is. And he's pointing it at him. Who knows what could have happened? You maybe you look there. We've seen these circumstances. You get one panicky cop and they freak out and they see it and they're like, no, no, no. And then they start shooting. And I don't blame them for being scared. But, you know, maybe they shouldn't be out there if they're going to be scared and fire. I, I, I would like to imagine that the immediate response would have been like on the ground, drop it, drop it now. And then you've got to realize what that means. These camera rigs are expensive. 
Now, I'm, I'm glad nobody got hurt. But could you imagine just like not even the worst, like the worst case scenario is someone loses their life or gets injured. But then we still have to contend with the fact that this was an attack on us. If someone was out there holding the camera and they say, drop it now, what are you going to do? Are you going to be like, I'm going to slowly put it out. You're going to throw it and you're going to drop it. That can cause damage, not just to our, to our, uh, you know, we, we, we're not just putting our lives in, they're not just putting our lives in danger by doing these calls, but they're also um, just damaging the business and causing us very serious problems. So I, I don't know, man, I, I hate to do like a 20th video on this, but uh, during the show, you know, I see the cops, I get out and I go, I got, once I realize it's a swatting, I go talk to them because, you know, initially we're wondering like when, when the cops walk in, we have no idea why they're here. They could be executing a search warrant. Who knows? I have no idea. And I'm not going to talk to them. Not without a lawyer present. So I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off about this. And then when they said it was swatting, I went out and I was trying to be very careful with my words because there's, you got to be, you got to be very careful. Um, that's why I said to them, and you can see in the vlog, I respect you guys coming here to try to save lives, but I would appreciate it if you would leave. You know, there's a concern that if I said something like, I, I, I appreciate you guys being here, or I'm, I'm thank you for what you're doing, would be considered to be some kind of uh, acknowledgement or approval of them entering my home without permission. I understand exigent circumstances, but I have a real problem with this, that they just entered my, my place of business where people, uh, it, admittedly, some people live here, but it's not that kind of place. There's only a couple people who do because we have like on-site camera for the vlog. So we were able to film a lot of this. But to be able to come in here without a warrant citing exigent circumstances, I'm calling BS and I am very, very unhappy with this. And there have been people who respond and be like, a warrant, Tim? Are you nuts? The cops have to go in. Like, no way, dude. Statist BS. I choose my risks. I choose that. My people choose that. My friends, my family, not the police. I respect that they were like, we have to go in and potentially save lives. And in the event someone does try to come in and cause us problems, I certainly understand and respect that they would try to save my life. And the last thing I want is for there to be like a boy who cried wolf scenario. And then the cops you know, don't want to come in uh, and say, you know, it's probably fake. We're not going to go in. And then we get really hurt. But I have a problem with all of this. I really do. I'm sorry, man. With, with, with respect to those who would risk their lives, it is not their call. When three people are outside and we have the, we have the, uh, someone recorded the police scanner audio where they say, this seems to be a swatting. They're filming a political show inside. And, you know, I want to do a wellness check anyway. Right then, Right then, I say, get off my property. You have multiple people saying this is not true. And they would still come in without a warrant. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. I don't care who you are. You can't just come on my property. The problem I have with this is we got lucky that someone was in the parking lot. That Andy had walked out there and Brett had walked out there, intercepting the officers with their hands in the air, walking slowly towards them. They got the brunt of the, uh, of the, you know, the police fear, and it was minor. It was, okay, the cops quickly figured out. But if they didn't, 
if they weren't out there and the backup shows up and there's like eight cops outside, there's state troopers, there's there's a, a sheriff's department, there's uh, uh, there was uh, I don't I don't know exactly no I think there was a local there was another city police department that had showed up as well. I can respect and understand that they're rushing to the scene to try and prevent something tragic or stop someone who's crazy. I get it, but at a certain point. This idea of exigent circumstances, your rights have been voided because someone called in a lie. If they showed up and they didn't see anybody, and so they have backup and they pull out their weapons and they go up and they, they open the door, they wouldn't have had to have break it in because, well, let's just say they did. Let's just say sometimes we do have everything secured depending on who's working at the time. So let's say they would have busted our door in. Absolutely. They would have opened the door. They would have kicked it in, busted it open. Then they go through the property armed and it's a big, I got to tell you, it's, it's, this place is kind of a labyrinth. People get lost here. I'm not kidding. It's, it's a, it's, it's, if you've never been in a, a, a building before, you might not know where things are. And it's not like an office building that's very straightforward where it's like door leads, you know, door goes straight. Then you go left and right. There's a hallway. No, it's, it's a big house, but we use it as an office. I don't like the idea that they get a phone call that there's one guy who harmed two people and they encounter two guys in the parking lot telling them this is not true. They then encounter a, a, a woman who says, you cannot come in. This is not true. And they say, we're going to do it anyway. At a certain point, exigent circumstances should not apply. And what? The cops can then just be like, somebody called in and said a bad thing happened. And now we get to enter your house and sweep the perimeter. Even when I came out and said no, they were like, well, we have to check. No, you don't. No, you don't, man. I'm not okay with this. So look, I, I didn't get into the full details. You know, I mentioned the, uh, the, the Seattle cops making up this Proud Boy thing. Maybe I'll just do an, a, a, a bigger segment on this so I can actually get into all of that. But I'm, I'm starting to read this story. And then I was just like, I got I to gotta talk about what happened with the swatting, man. We're going to find out who did it. Um, we're, 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 we're getting all of that in, in motion. We've, we're talking with lawyers. And um, uh, I'll just put it that way. We're, look. We are very close to Washington, D.C. So there, there is a lot of very powerful security interests in this area that have already um, been freaking out. You got to understand, man, when we had a sitting member of Congress on the show the night before and something like this happens, it raises a lot of very serious alarm bells. And when we have people running for governor and when we have high profile political personalities and celebrities and, and, and you, look, I'm not saying the show is always that, right? No, we, we, we have the occasional high profile uh, personality and we, we just had a sitting mem member of Congress. So when something like this happens, there's very real concerns about this. Could this be in any way related to the fact that it's fundraising season, that it's campaign season, and we had a member of Congress on, a particularly contentious one, or that we had someone running for governor on? Could there be someone on, on the left, maybe, who's like, this Tim Pool guy is platforming these far right whatever and allowing them to fundraise? Because you better believe when, the, when, when people come on and, and they speak their opinions, they're able to raise money. Yeah, that's on them. Like, they're allowed to do it. And we have people like Bannon. We had Marjorie Taylor Greene. We had Carrie Lake. And there's got to be a lot of people who are unhappy with that. This raises very serious red flags. So... We'll see where it goes, but I'll tell you, it sounds like some very serious security interests are going to start digging into this. Whoever did this is going to be, uh, I'll just put it this way, but particularly involved individuals have said they believe this is going to be uh, resolved. And, the, the, you know, I, they, they said, we're not going to, you know, they wouldn't tell me exactly how, but 
this was going to be resolved and they, they were going to figure out who did this. And it's, 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 I love the conspiracies, the insane people on the left and the right, no joke, left and right claiming that we faked this or something. Yo, I don't address drama. I, I, and, and, and there's an opportunity to do all of that. And I, and I avoid it for the most part, for the most part, because there are certain circumstances like, you know, with the rugged man thing, I addressed it. And that was namely like I wanted to talk to my sister about our upbringing and kind of give you guys a background on our past. But for the most part, we don't do it. We don't play that game. I don't want to talk to you about what's going on in my house. I don't want to talk to you. I don't think you care for the most part. We have a vlog for that. The vlog is where it's like if you want to and, and, and it's relatively a few people watch that relative to like this show. No, I want to talk about what's going on in Seattle. I want to talk to you about uh, freedom, liberty, laws, polls. And so I'm not I'm not I'm not interested in any of that. So uh, the, the insane conspiracies, it's just absolutely absurd. I didn't want to do a segment on this. I pulled up the Seattle thing, but, you know, just getting messages from people who are just now finding out what happened, uh, not seeing, because I, I put out like five tweets, then I put out an Instagram video, and, and people aren't getting the full message because it's all, it's all split up. There's the vlog, but the vlog just shows a bit of what happened. It doesn't give you a full explanation or, or my thoughts and everything. So let me just say this, man, as it pertains to what the Seattle cops did, this is, this is the problem of crying wolf. They, 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 they say this, and then we have this, let me show you this tweet from Jack Posobiec. Jack tweeted, when I was in Chaz, the checkpoint guards kept talking about reports of an upcoming Proud Boy attack. We now know it was a police hoax. This triggered all these leftists to open fire on an SUV and kill a teenager. What could have happened here could have been really, really bad. And, uh, man, you know, when, when, it, when the cops walked in, we didn't freak out. We were calm and everyone's like, oh, it's not even a big deal. That's only because this is a place of business and we have staff who intercepted uh, inadvertently the officers before they came in. It's fortunate that whatever happened happened at a point where we've actually grown a bit larger than we were in the past. If this happened a year ago when we had less employees, we only had like three or four, cops would have kicked the door in with their guns out and told everybody, get on the ground, get on the ground, and that would all have been live. See, I think the people who swatted us didn't realize this. There's a lot of people, uh, I, I saw a message, someone was like, how does, how does Tim Pool afford to have so many employees in this big compound? Yeah, we're a big, we're, we're, we're a big company. And I don't, I don't know, I don't mean big in like a number of employees. We have a big show, we, we generate a, a healthy revenue, we have high profile guests, you better believe we have people walking the grounds, you better believe we've got a receptionist, we have someone who sits at a desk at the front door for, for deliveries and when people show up, this is a business. Now whoever did this probably just thought we're a rinky dink small basement operation or something like that, they didn't realize. So when it comes to what happens in the studio, all you see is a cop walk past. Imagine if they swatted the Daily Wire or, or, or Blaze, yeah it's not going to make it into the studio other than you might see the cop and they'll be like what just happened? Because there's layers of security. Well, we're going to be beefing up our layers of security for sure. But we have decent security here. And we are armed. And I'm, it's, we're, we're lucky, man. We got, we got lucky. If someone had tried pulling this off, again, like a year ago, it probably would have been a lot worse. But we take security very seriously. We have cameras everywhere. We have cameras. We have hidden cameras. We got, we got it all on footage. We got all the footage of it, of them walking around everything. So I'll, I'll just wrap up with we're taking it very seriously. We are, are getting uh, uh, our legal people on this to get body camera footage, to get everything we can, the police report, the phone calls, the phone number. Apparently, um, it seems like it may have been a local number. One of the officers asked uh, the dispatcher 
was this a local number? And they're like, we're checking, we're checking. And so it may have been. We don't know. Maybe not. Um, the reason he was calling is, uh, actually, no, I, I think it's a, that's probably a stupid thing to say. It's probably not a, a, a local number. It could be easily spoofed. Who knows? So hopefully, uh, hopefully we get this resolved. But let me just say, to whoever did this, and to everybody who's concerned about bringing this person to justice, they pissed off some uh, well-connected individuals. Uh, we aren't the biggest podcast in the world. We're not the biggest show, but we are in the D. We, we're 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 effectively DC Metro. Okay, like we're about an, we're 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 less than an hour outside of uh, Washington D.C. If you're right in the middle of Washington D.C., like you know the capital, ever we're about an hour away. But if you're in the peripheral area. The, the, like uh, we're we're 45 minutes or so. So it, it's it's the people who live out where we live, the people who live nearby, the people who had cops go to their home. These are these are D.C. lawyers. These are D.C. lobbyists. That's the area that we're in. The, the, the West Virginia panhandle, the Harper's Ferry area and the tri-state, this area is where all of these D.C. Politico individual political individuals go around. And right now people are pissed off. I'm not a big fan of these people, mind you. Uh, and, and, you know, so we're moving a little bit more westward with our studio, but let me just say this swatting impacted the, 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 the other properties and, and, and let me tell you, they're not happy with it. So what I'm hearing is that you've got a lot of well-connected, angry people who said, we will find out who did this. Everybody's okay. Um, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 PM on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and uh, I'll, 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 I'll see y'all then.